Do how it. How was the life podcast going, actually? Uh, Johnny just had a kid, right? Yeah. Yeah. So I'm figuring um, we are slated to record next week for our next episode. So, okay. Uh, I'm figuring that should be a topic of conversation. Um, one of my one of my coworkers just he's his last day was today. This guy, and he just went on paternity leave, and their school organized like a little like baby shower for him. Mm-hmm. I've never been to a baby shower before because I'm a grown ass man, <laughs> and I usually, I usually don't do like I don't do the joint shower like thing. I feel like I've only been invited to maybe one in my life, and I certainly didn't go. I didn't know it just whatsoever. I'm a big fan of the bring the significant other to the baby shower, drop her off, load the car up with like three other dudes who did the same, go to bar, watch sporting event, and drink heavily. Well, I mean not heavily. I gotta drive. Drink respectfully, get back in the car, and then go back to the baby shower. And then you eat all the leftover food, which that's the move you do. Yes. Yeah, I did yes, that at my yes, cousin's yes. at my baby shower years ago. All the guys went out somewhere. We came back and they just said, "Yay, move all these stuff and all these gifts to the car and then eat." And I was like, "Man, there's like seven of us. That won't take long." And it was great. We had a nice little leftover feast. That's how you do a baby shower. You got to do the post baby shower. We um, I don't think, I don't think I was at the baby shower. I was at the bridal shower and the only reason I was at the bridal shower is because they had like a room space, but then they have the rest of the restaurant and a bar. So there were some sporting events going on and there were separate tables. So actually my dad brought his, what became his wife. um, And he and I, sat at a table in like the regular restaurant section and then um all of a sudden like towards the end they're like oh you know do you guys want to come join us i was like i guess sure okay (laughs) and then uh, like her it was cool my wife's grandfather um i used to work at home depot and he always went to that home depot so um he got me like a i guess a guy's portion of a, a groom shower is that I don't a groom think shower that's a I, I don't think it's a thing but it was that day for you it was because <laughs> i got like a wheelbarrow because we were getting married and buying a house like in the same calendar year so i got like a wheelbarrow i got some like a shovel a rake some you know for a uh, like a hand spreader for fertilizer or seed or whatever and some like guy stuff so it was pretty cool my wife's bridal shower was pretty funny obviously i did not attend um actually the day of her bridal shower i had to work so i drove her to her i went to work left for a bit drove her to her bridal shower went back to work and then went back and picked her up so i couldn't even enjoy the drinking during her bridal shower. I think a guy going to the bridal shower is even weirder, weirder than a baby shower. Because like you said, no one's getting gifts for you, so to say. Yeah, no. yeah you might get some like pots and pans for the apartment, some nice some nice dishware. And not that I don't appreciate that, but like that's not like a gift. Like, you know, a wheelbarrow, that's something the guy's going to get excited about. 
you can go do yard work with that shit. That's man work. Yep. And you are the only reason for you to be there. Your sole purpose in life for being there is hauling and transporting goods. That's it. Right. You are, you are the, right. uh, you're the muscle, the hired muscle. Yeah, exactly. So, yeah, yeah I, I, I've, and I, I don't think I went to the baby shower. No, I think, I think they helped her. They not even helped her. They didn't let her do anything. So they loaded up the car. And when she got home, I had to unload the car and that was it. I didn't like, I didn't go there. I didn't No, No, thanks. I'm good. Yeah. I hear you there. So I got to ask you, dude. Yes. I have to ask you. Yeah. Tyreek. I I know. Um, Where are you at right now? Where are you with this, dude? This is this dude. I feel like this came out of nowhere. Like I didn't even know they were having a hard time with contract talks. All of a sudden I just saw a report. Tyreek Hill looking to get traded. Dolphins and Jets finalists. And then like, and then by the time you sent that to me, the trade had already happened. And I was yeah. just, so it was all really, really quick. I think, um, I, I, I don't want to say he is acknowledging that he might be at the end of his career because I feel like he, the last couple of years, coincidentally, the last couple of years where Patrick Mahomes has been in the league, but the last couple of years, especially he's been doing better and better, but I mean, receivers, especially receivers who push their body as hard as he does only have, but so many years in the league. Mm -hmm. So the only rationale I've given myself, and it seemed like a reasonable rationale was that he figured, okay, you know what? I only have, but so many more years. I need to make the most out of every single year, get every dime that I can get for what I have left. Right. Let me pursue that. And the chief said, look, we have X to offer. Now, granted, X comes with what I okay. I X comes with going to the fucking playoffs every year and playing for one of the two best quarterbacks in the league. I mean, quite frankly, let's be honest. X comes with going to the AFC championship game how many years in a row? Yeah. 2018, 2019, 2020, four years in a row. 2021. Yeah, four years four, in a row. First team to ever host four consecutive AFC title games, yeah, man. At home, which yeah. means you did whatever it took, be it the number one seed, be it taking down the number one seed in quite possibly the greatest game of football I've ever watched in my entire life to ensure that you end up hosting the AFC championship game. And as much as I get, going after the money while you still have the performance to warrant that money. You walked away from AFC championship after AFC championship after I, I don't know. I, Listen, and, yeah, and I all hear you, locations man. to land Miami. Yeah. Who's that's, this is where everything, the whole thing is, is about money for Tyreek Hill. And yeah, no I don't, doubt. I don't mind it because like, He's made it pretty obvious that this is about money. He wants to get paid as the highest mm-hmm. paid receiver in the league. You know, excuse me. He's the fastest player in the league. He is a great weapon, you know, in terms of his speed. 
But is he a great weapon for a team with Tua Tunga Viola? Like, get this. So, and I, I think the argument, the argument that one of my one of my friends gave me was, well, you know, Tua Tua just hasn't had any weapons to throw to. And I'm like, eh, you know, I, I've seen some quarterbacks that didn't have any weapons to throw to, and they made it happen. Um, and then the, the the line I got was, well. You know, now he's got Hill and he's got Waddle and he's got they they picked up a, a running back, I think, in the free agency market or they traded for him, whatever the case was, because I don't follow what happens with the Dolphins because I don't really care about the Dolphins. Um, so, uh, you know, now he's now he's got the, the weapons in all different directions where he's still. I don't think his arms that inaccurate. Yeah, no, I think I think what's really going to be telling is that, you know, down the line, the Chiefs are going to win this trade. Like, I don't think yeah. Tyreek is going to have the same production out Patrick Mahomes. No. And I put this mm -mm. in our group text the other day for the Choice Sports Chat. Name me a, a primary deep threat speed wide receiver who is great without either A, an elite quarterback, or at the very least, a quarterback with a cannon of an arm. Like, so, like, for that, I thought Michael Vick and Deshaun Jackson. You know, Michael Vick yep. is not an elite quarterback, but he had an elite arm strength. And that's where, you know, that's why Deshaun Jackson only really, he really only worked with Michael Vick in his career in terms of being a great wide receiver. You know, mm -hmm. Randy Moss had in prime Dante Culpepper thrown in the ball. He then went to Oakland and proceeded to do absolutely nothing with his career and then went to Tom Brady. And yeah. all of a sudden... Randy Moss is a weapon again. I don't see how Tyreek Hill is really going to be a weapon in with the Dolphins. I don't care how fast he is. If the quarterback can't get you the ball consistently, you can stretch that you can stretch that defense all you want. You know, wide receivers don't stretch defenses. Wide receivers yeah. are the tool is a tool that a quarterback uses to stretch a defense. Let's Correct. we have to we have to really get that, you know, understood. And I think the freaking package that Freaking the Chiefs got back for him and a team that could really use some extra draft picks because as long as you're paying Mahomes, you're always going to be up against it with freaking with money yep. in that team. So you always need to be restocking draft picks. And I do think I think Travis Kelsey's going to be on this road at some point and they're going to trade him at some point to offload. I don't think so. I mean, how, uh, how I many years? How many, oh, no, he's older, right? He's like 32, right? Yeah, he's. he's yeah, I forget. He's there, always he's a little I think older he... than Tyreek. I always forget how much older he is. I think he showed up before Tyree came on board. And I also, I also think he is like Hill's very flaky, um, you know, and he had his checkered past and whatever. And the thing I read today was, you know, Hill had his checkered past and they came in, Reed came in and gave him the opportunity and got him to clean up his, his respective shit and really turned it around and got him, a lot more respect, a lot more positive attention from where he was at. Um, Kelsey didn't didn't have that, and I, I'd say to your point of the Chiefs winning on this trade, look at why Hill was able to be as productive as he was. Because when they weren't covering double covering Hill, they had to cover Kelsey. They right. had to cover you know in prior years Sammy Watkins, right, Nicole Hardman. Um, 
they had like the variety of other, you know, number three and number four wide receivers who when Hill and Kelsey were covered, Mahomes managed to make look like not a number four receiver. And, you know, when they're not doing that, then they had Williams and Edwards Alaire in the backfield. So, okay, we'll, we'll take the deep threat out of the game. Well, okay, then we're going to, we're going to run the ball and we're going to run the ball down your throat until you then have to start playing the, you know, defend the run. And then we're going to blow you up down the field. So you had to pick your poison. And then they had the little gimmick things where, okay, we're going to end up bringing in a lineman for a short pass for a touchdown, or we're going to, we're going to bring in the fullback and, I mean, fullback, you know, it was never any huge name where you're like, oh, yeah, I know that guy. It would always be who? Right. And then the guy <laughs> would come in and just blast through and and have a decent play. So, oh, okay, now we got to go back to defending the run again and stack the box. And then they blow you up down the field, and, and Hill has a 200-something yard game. So right. that was why he was able to open up like he was he's not going to have that availability in Miami because they don't have the sheer volume of weapons. And Oh, by the way, and they don't have Patrick Mahomes. I was going to say, and by the way, in and amongst all those other weapons, they don't have a quarterback who, when he isn't launching 50 and 60 yard passes on the regular, he's opening up a 20 or 35 yard run down the sideline. Like, so like, I mean, I, I like I said, I get it. It's a money grab. It's let me make it while I'm still hot enough to warrant. Yeah, I don't, and I don't hate him for that, man. He's won his Super Bowl. He's a you know multiple time Pro Bowl player. He's one of the most you know he's one of the more you know I say he's one of the best players in the league in terms of talent and raw athleticism, if not the best, you know. But he's so I, I respect for to. what he's doing. But, you know, he knows that he's I, – I, I got to think he knows what he's getting himself into, and he's okay with it. And, honestly, it's probably the smartest decision for his family and for sure. for everything going forward. So, yeah, I mean, big, I guess big you know, big up to him for that, taking care of his future. And when he retires, no one's going to say he missed out on anything because he got his ring, and he was part of one of the – you know, part of a very, very good f- football team that has, you know – I wouldn't call it the Chiefs are doing a dynasty. You can't really do that with only one Super Bowl. But this no. is, you know, this has been one. Of, it's been a great run for Kansas City. You know, if not, and probably but, the greatest run in the franchise's history. But they are, they may not have hit dynasty at this point, but they are a couple of pieces here and there, a couple of nuts and bolts away from having that capability. It just so happens that this year the AFC West is going to be the most insane division <sighs> in the entire NFL. Completely new ball game what's going on out there with the rush trade, with Khalil Mack coming to town, with Devontae Adams going to Vegas. Like, there's a whole new ball game out there. But I still do think as long as Mahomes is in charge in KC, they are the team to beat. I think Valdez Scantling is going to put up career. Well, so here's the thing. He's coming from Rodgers, who, like, you know, he hasn't put up these amazing numbers since Rodgers. But, uh, oh, all right, hold on. Time out. Time out. Time out. 
Timeout. Holy breaking news. We can't do this. We're Jersey boys. We got to stop. I'm sorry. St. Fucking Peters is in the Elite Eight. Holy shit, man. <laughs> I, I don't even know what to say. Oh, oh, so I went into this game, and I know Purdue was a beatable team, man. I, I follow a lot of Big Ten ball, and I knew full well that this team playing the way they're playing, coached the way they're coached, could at the very least give Purdue a run for their money. Final score is 67-64. Holy Fucking shit, dude. St. Peter's, the Peacocks. Which, can I can I just say... Do you have any St. Peter's stories in your life? Have you ever been to St. Peter's? you ever been to a game there? Like, do you know anybody who even went to St. Peter's? So, funny you should say that, because I was just about to say. So, uh, I have two... I have two, two younger sisters... My youngest, younger sister is 16 years younger than me. And uh, she is a big math person, went to school for accounting. And when she graduated high school, she said, oh, you know, I, oh, and she does swimming. Um, and she said, oh, I actually got, you know, a partial swimming scholarship to St. Peter's University. And I said, who? St. Peter's in Jersey <laughs> City. And I said, who? Like I had never heard of them. And okay, they they do their big swimming. And then through work, uh, a few of my peers actually work in Jersey City. Well, work covering Jersey City. So I've actually I've been by the campus, I've driven through and all that, but it never like? it looks like a school that's kind of pocketed in portions of a hustle bustle city. That's what Berkeley was like where I went to college up in Boston. It's yeah, just like, like and where Matt went too, and where Grill went. All three of us went to Berkeley, and it's just like splattered like across different parts of yeah. Boston. It's not like it's not like Rutgers where there's Rutgers and then the rest of the town built around it. Right. It's in and amongst Jersey City. So, you know, it's it, but but wild. And then, I, I'm watching TV and I see that oh St. Peter's is going to Sweet Sixteen. I'm like, wait, hold up, time out. Who? Did you not watch they the hard? Kentucky game? The what is that? The first one? Do you no, know what was going but, on? But I I did not. And I know you're not a big I, basketball fan. That's why I wasn't sure if you even not knew. at all. So when yeah. I saw that they beat Kentucky, like I know enough about college basketball <laughs> to know that you have like Kentucky's Kentucky. a blue blood, yeah, Duke. Yes. UNC. Like uh, UC, you have UCLA's your UCLA's up there. UCLA. Indiana, like they're like, the so you lights. have your big, just like I know football, you have Ohio state, you have USC, Notre Dame, you have you know, a lot of those teams are right. like your big football Kentucky teams. Is I, in that world for basketball. No, in doubt. the basketball world. So when I saw that this little school from Jersey city that I'd never freaking heard of before my sister going, they advanced to the Sweet 16 by beating Kentucky. I'm like, holy shit. That is your sister give a fuck? She's actually at um they kept cutting during the game to the uh is she uh, at the gym? The, the strut up gym. Yeah. What's it called? It's uh is it the 
The strut okay. up like a peacock strut? Is that yeah, what that well, means? Because they're the, the St. Peter's Yeah, peacock, I know. Yeah, yeah, right. So they actually named um, their gym the strut up gym. Please tell me that's true. So, that's the most awesome college drunk kid thing ever, if that's true. Yeah. So there, th- I was actually watching, uh, for anybody who is not from New Jersey, we have good old un- uh, News 12 New Jersey. So News 12 New Jersey was doing a story about St. Peter's. Well, is that still on in the front row? Is that who? Is that Stallone in the front row? There's a guy who looked like Stallone uh, in the front row. Could very well be. So my sister is probably anyway. in that, basically a mosh pit right now. Wow. Um, so so cool, dude. Let me let me make sure I. Uh, so they had, I think it was in the seventies. Um, they had a, a a run when they were still St. Peter's College, and. I think it might have even been the '60s, dude. I looked, I did some research on. It. I think it might have been the late '60s. Oh yeah, there they are all dancing in the mosh pit right now. Yep. Oh, wow. that's right. Yeah, you're you're in a couple. Yeah, I'm probably me, like so. a minute behind you because I'm on Paramount Plus. Um, let's hold on. I want to make sure I get St. Peter's. And, and is this Edward guy? His stash is amazing, dude. Yes. What a, what a stash on this dude. Awesome. Man. Yeah. Where is the I'll get you the I'll get you the name. I feel like oh, there's there's been a lot of great. Oh, NCAA. I'm sorry, that's what it was. Strut Strut okay. Up is their slogan. Okay, that makes their, sense. Their catchphrase during that last run for St. Peter's College at the time was "Run, baby, run." So right, yes, that's which guy, I think still is their thing, isn't it? Yes. So it's yeah. actually called. Uh, technically, it's the Victor R. Yanatelli recreational center known today as the run baby run arena because one of the members of the team went on to go work for like i think a major pharmaceutical company and And made a large donation to his alma mater and they said you could name it whatever you want and he said perfect the run baby run arena so that's that just for today or always Oh, it's always it is henceforth known as the run baby run arena it's painted into the hardwood floor and everything (laughs) that's like fucking um do you remember it was back when i was in college so we're probably going back at least 15 years when the bruins and celtics or whoever owns the td garden up there were selling the naming rights like to people for the day and you could bid on the naming rights and it would go to charity and you can name whatever you want for a day. And some New York Yankee fan with a bunch of fucking money bought the name of rights and named it the Derek Jeter Center. And they wouldn't Aww. let him do it. They wouldn't let him do it. I'm like, oh, that's so lame. It's so lame. You opened yourself up to it. You should have to own up to it. But uh, they, the guy still donated the money. It was for a good cause. But still, yeah. like... <laughs> That's what their that's what the story reminds me of. Could you imagine the Derek Jeter Center in Boston? They would have legitimately like been Boston fans oh, climbing the it, building trying to. It would have been burnt it down. Would have burnt it down. No, the Celtics could never play there again. <laughs> Dude, so awesome though. St. Peter's man, little school of Jersey City. Was there three thousand kids in that school? Yeah, it's it's very it's, it's so not tiny. a huge school. Yeah, no, it's so. I mean, it's like it's like Duke's like a big like Duke's a Catholic school, right? It it might be. I know I've been on Duke's campus and I know it looks like a Catholic school. I'll tell you that now. And it's like Seton Hall's a mini version of that, and St. Peter's is like a mini version of Seton Hall. And speaking of Seton Hall, this coach of theirs is Shaheem Holloway. 
Dickey, the rumor is he's going to go to Seton Hall because Seton Hall's coach just bounced from Maryland, which I'm, I'm not sure that was the right decision because of all the that's a Maryland has not made the transition to the Big Ten well, but like I don't if he goes to rock to to Seton Hall, he seems to have the vibe of a coach that great players want to play for, and it's just it's kind of embarrassing how much Seton Hall and and Rutgers and I guess to a slight degree St. Peter's. But no, not so much. St. Peter's doing this to be like the equivalent of Mammoth doing this. And Mammoth's made the tournament a couple times, but they're by no means a, a powerhouse. But Rutgers no, and they... Seton Hall, they don't, while they're both good teams and they're current, they're, well, Seton Hall's last coach, and his name's slipping me right now, and Steve Peichel for Rutgers have done so many great things for the program over the past, like, four years, especially with Rutgers. Rutgers came from out of, I mean, Seton Hall's always been kind of good at basketball, whereas Rutgers being good at basketball is, like, something that's happened for the first time in like 30 plus years. So I give them credit for bringing the programs back to respectability, but they don't build the wall in Jersey, man. Jersey's got so many great fucking high school athletes. I mean, they mass produce, it seems high school basketball players, but those players always go to Duke or, or Jay Wright snatches them up at Nova or something. And now maybe hope not a coach K's guy. Maybe they'll be able to keep some of those guys from Duke. But I think Holloway, if he, he's probably going to go to Seton Hall, I think. You know, as much as the St. Peter's thing is awesome, a Saint, Seton Hall is a big East job. It's a huge step up for him. St. Peter's will never give him the resources that Seton Hall can give him. Not like Seton Hall, you know, is a huge program, but they'll give him enough. But I think he could get kids there, and maybe one day Seton Hall can be the new Duke. Because what the fuck was Duke before Coach K got there, you know? Uh, definitely not the Duke that we know of. Exactly. And, you know... It, I always, I always think of things like that, like the, these moments where a school turned from like, are they really that big of a deal to, oh shit, they're a big deal. Like I think of not that Rutgers is a small school by any measure, but I never thought of Rutgers as like a, a major powerhouse in football. Like, oh, yeah, let's go to a Rutgers game. That's because they're not. <laughs> well, but, but Plain they had, and simple. Uh, they had that run with... With Shiano. Shiano, thank you. I, yeah. I knew it was something with an S, and I couldn't think of his name. And all of a sudden, it was like like a magnet for all these people who... Yes. You want to get that NFL notoriety. You go to Rutgers as one of your picks. I, I, so, I have a friend who's an Ohio State fan, fan and... um. I tell him all the time. He, he talks about we talk about Big Ten football, and I'll say like, if Rutgers were good, they'll sell out every game. The reason people don't go to Rutgers games is because there's been most of Rutgers like existence in big time college football is them not acting like a big time college football program. And yeah. when you're in this market, and there's two baseball teams, two football teams, three hockey teams, two basketball teams, two good college basketball programs. Like, if you suck, people are just not going to watch you. Like, it's simple as that. And it's not anything to do with, like, I don't think front-running or being a Fairweather fan. I just think because there's, when you're a big sports fan in this area, there's other options. Usually, something's good here. There's at least one good team here at all times. Well, now, so now I'm wondering... After all of that, will well at least after all of what we just saw the end result of, will St. Peter's now become one of those schools where it's like, well, screw it. If I, you know, if Duke, Kentucky, UNC, some of those schools are are 
off the list for me if I can't make it to those do I pursue a basketball scholarship with St. Peter's? It all depends if the coach stays. The Correct. coach has to stay. And I don't yeah. know if the school has the resources to retain the coach. Well, it's hard to believe that a, a, a school with 3,000 kids and no footprint to expand unless they build up, I guess. What, I don't know what they can do, you know. I, I don't know what the school's like in terms of like an actual like school. Like Duke is a great academic institution. Rutgers is a is a really solid academic institution. You know, I don't know what Seton Hall or I think Seton Hall's a, Seton Hall's a pretty solid school. Um, yeah, I don't Seton know. Hall yeah, is, Seton Hall's is, a solid school, a good deal. academic institution. But I don't know what St. Peter's story is there. I'm not saying that they're not. I just don't know. So I think that has a lot to do with it too. You know. Yeah. So especially I'm, I'm for like, a school, especially for a school like St. Peter's, who's going to do a better job at trying to nab the four-year players who actually want a college degree. You know, and right. you see those these teams in the tournament now make these runs, and they're and these smaller schools. are always these schools loaded with upperclassmen that you know, may not be as good as these you know freshmen and sophomores at Duke and Kentucky who go pro after two seasons, but they're they know how to play as a team better because they've been together for longer, and that makes a huge difference. It usually it makes it maybe phrase it makes a huge difference to a point. You know, eventually the school like a St. Peter's. Well, at least history tells us usually runs out of gas. Now they're also two wins away from, you know, the three wins, th- two wins away from the national title game, and you know that's that's some, that's some big thinking right there. But them going to the Sweet Sixteen, I don't. I mean, I haven't do seen any eight? articles yet, but them going to the Sweet Sixteen was the first New Jersey men's team to go to the Sweet Sixteen since two thousand. That was Seton so, Hall. Yeah, that was Seton Hall. So And it's funny, looking, man. I'll keep going. I'm looking sorry to interrupt. Some of the uh just looking through some of the oh, that was the guy. See, I told you something pharmaceutical through some of the notable alumni. Um, so you have a few people in arts and entertainment. You have uh, a Pulitzer Prize winning author, Will Durant. Is this uh, alumni Ken- at St. Peter's? Correct. Okay. You have um, Ken Jennings. I don't think it was that. Oh, I know Jennings. Ken Jennings, the guy from Jeopardy. I don't know that it was him, though. Who was another Ken Jennings? Uh, that guy should change his name if he's not the Jeopardy guy. Seriously. Um, American stage actor, famous for his role as Tobias Rag in the premiere in the Broadway premiere of Sweeney Todd. That's um, kind of cool too. Sweeney Todd's pretty badass. Exactly. You ever seen? I, I've um, only seen the movie with Johnny Depp. Yes. Fucking oh. movie rules, dude. Awesome. Um, so we're big Tim Burton fans in this house. Yes. So me too. Uh, that would be a fun a Tim Burton cast one day, where we just freaking go freaking ham on Tim. We just like nut over Tim Burton movies for a bit. I'm down with that. Oh, that would be great, man. Um, field of business. You have that guy who made the donation for the arena, uh, Thomas McMahon, the president and CEO of LabCorp. Lab like um, that does the let the blood work. Yep. That's a the, big company. Uh, <laughs> Current president and CEO of Horizon Blue Cross Blue Shield in New Jersey. That um, wait, wait, he's he runs LabCorp and Blue Cross and Blue Shield. No, uh, a different guy is so the they have, president so there so there's a lot of pharmaceuticals. A big pharmaceutical school. They have some government people. Robert Menendez. Not that that's always the best name to throw out there. Oh, uh, um, they the, have the, the crook of a senator from Union City. Yeah, they have some some law people. There's some people on. Uh, the U.S. Court of Appeals, Second Circuit, 
Um, okay. So they've, they've, gra- they've graduated some heads. Yeah. It okay. seems like so it's a, a good of, school. Yeah. A lot of business, government, and law. So, I mean, so that's the thing. If you get a, if you get some players who are into that, yeah, then you can maybe do that. But that's that's hard, you know. I mean, in a spe- and it's some they are still competing with Rutgers and Seton Hall in this area, correct? Plus Villanova. I, that, that's who everybody's really competing with in this area. I think Villanova yes, is the Villanova top draw is. in the area. You know, you're such as I mean, I even myself, I live less than two hours from Nova. You know, I can. You know, it's, it's, it's an easy. It's an easy trip. I know there was a kid from Randy down here that went to Nova. Um, Barnes. Oh, and they, okay. Barnes was so, Barnes from Nova. Is that the right one? One of them went to Florida, and one of them went to Nova. I forget which which one is which. But anyway, continue. The the other thing you were talking about how much expansion they could do, and I could see them doing what I was going to say. I could see them doing what Rutgers did, where Rutgers has New Brunswick as their hub, and then they have Camden and and Newark. The they actually campus. already have, they have a 30 acre campus just south of Journal Square. Um, the evening and weekend classes are offered in Jersey City, Englewood Cliffs, and South Amboy. I don't know how they landed on South Amboy. That's kind of not anywhere right nearby, but like I could see them doing that where it's like, right. okay, we need to expand. Clearly, there's no friggin' room here because it's Jersey City. Let's go, I mean, go over into the Meadowlands or go, you know, a little further South um, and just scoop up. Uh, I, I have a feeling there's going to be a lot of either warehouse, not warehouse space, but like corporate office parks since, you know, everybody's working from home still. And I don't see that changing. So, but yeah, I mean, look, congratulations to the St. Peter's Peacocks. They just need room for that newer, that new 20,000 seat arena. Since they're New Jersey's newest basketball powerhouse. Powerhouse. Unbelievable. Representing our state. It's so funny because they're one of three teams to make it into the tournament from Jersey. And, you know, obviously they were the team. Like, if you would have told me opening weekend, hey, you know, one one of the three teams from New Jersey is going to make the Sweet 16. Who do you think it is? I'll be like, yeah, I, I would have put money on Seton Hall as the team yeah. to be the three. And then Rutgers, they had the easier path than Rutgers. You know, and then it's like, I think Rutgers, like, I think Rutgers beat, take Seton Hall one-on-one maybe, but like, I thought Seton Hall would make it out. But man, when when St. Peter's, that first game, they were up on Kentucky, I texted my dad, I was like, I don't know if you're watching, but like, St. Peter's is down by like four against Kentucky, and we're like pretty well into the second half right now. And then that overtime, it was it was just, what a game, dude. Unbelievable. And what a freaking run for them. I, ho- I hope they keep going, dude. And I hope they make this is a big thing for us. Because last, I think only two, I know Rutgers has made the final four once. I know Seton Hall's made the final four once. And I don't, I don't know if Princeton's ever made the final four. I know Princeton's, you know, had some good teams, but I don't know if they've ever made the final. Maybe back in the old days, you know, when the Probably, Ivy League yeah. still, Ivy League sports still meant something. <laughs> <laughs> um, just another side piece of breaking news that I just happen to have pop up on my phone. Yeah. Uh, Dirty, Dirty Dan Sorensen, since we're on the sports vein, Dirty Dan Sorensen, um, who was an undrafted free agent from BYU, played for the Chiefs. Um, yeah. Probably the highlight of his career was probably one of the greatest fourth down stops I've ever seen from the Chiefs defense against the Texans that 
got the momentum going for them to have one of their three big comeback wins that year. Um, he uh, was not re-signed by the Chiefs, which is no surprise because 2021 was not a good year for him. Um, he did get picked up by the Saints. Well, that's so, very nice him. I mean, hey, maybe the Saints will be a contender this year. Your boy Brady's back, though, dude. Fuck Brady. <laughs> Yo, you are so mad about Tom Brady, dude. I, you know dude, what? this is what great quarterbacks... This is Dude, he's a little diva. He's just like Favre, dude. He's got all the records. He's got nothing to prove, and he's just going to go back and forth. He's going to linger. There's no way Brady was right. How can you tell me that Brady, being that competitive some bitch, like the minute he retired was probably like, oh, my God, I need to come back. I just do for 5,000 yards last year. What am I doing? I need. I just really needed him to just go away. And everybody's about to I mean, break from him. That's what it comes down to. That yeah, you know what? That's that's legitimately what it is. Like yeah. I'm just tired of Brady. Like was it 23 seasons now? The 23rd season he's coming back for. It's 20 too many. Are we just something? jealous? I don't. Are we just jealous that he has the ability to play like professional football for 23 years? Um, are we? I am. I will not say I'm jealous. I am envious of envious and jealous mean like the same thing you know that right <laughs> See, in my head envious is like a step down like that would be going, right? Isn't envious worse than jealous uh, this is like a second grade lesson i don't remember yeah this is a vocabulary lesson and i don't have the i teach music i right teach now. music not ela oh see i i i love english and writing and all that but it's also a friday night and all that so yeah um yeah i'm fried all i know crazy week in in my brain envy is slightly below like i look at jealousy and i'm like jealousy i fucking hate you because you're mm, i hate you for the fact that you can have fun whereas envy it's like mm, i envy the ability to to do what you enjoy doing and also make gobs of money and be married to Giselle. Oh yeah, that's a nice piece of. Yeah, you know what I mean, dude. Nice like I think sometimes it's like it's like when when this is like this is a realization I made about the Yankees years ago, and it's when I stopped hating the Yankees. Really, I'm a Mets fan, right? And I'm just like, I only hate the Yankees because they win all the time. It's the only reason I hate them. They run <laughs> themselves like a decently respectable organization, you know. Especially be, especially before Steinbrenner. Like the Steinbrenner sometimes. years were were a little interesting, but like. You know, you know, Joe DiMaggio is, is, is an American legend. Babe Ruth's an American yeah. legend. Mickey Mantle's an American legend. Yogi Berra. Dude, <laughs> there's this picture my friend sent me of, like, Yogi Berra. I don't know if you've ever seen this in the locker room. And he's got, like, no pants on. And, like, you'd see his junk, like, hanging out, like, between his legs, dude. It's Jeez. the weirdest picture ever. And I was like, where did you even find this? So my friend pulls up the, the weirdest pictures ever on the internet. I think sometimes he just, like, when when he says, I think he just goes and Googles and finds some of the weirdest shit sometimes. And amongst, like, you know, Yogi Berra <laughs> drinking. Oh, he's drinking a beer, too. I can't forget about that part. He's just sitting there drinking a beer and his freaking hammers just hanging in between his two legs. It's so freaking funny, dude. So, American legend right there, Yogi Berra. You know, Jeter, you can't complain about Jeter. He may be the most overrated defensive player in the history of the game, but, like, the dude gave, like, 140, like, at all times. And I realized after all these years... by the way. What's that? Mathematically impossible, by the way. Yeah, sure, whatever. And, it's either uh, zero or 100, anywhere in that range. Once you get to 100, that's it. 
Are you not a fan of the extra superlative over a hundred? Do you think that's just dumb? I am. I am not. Like you when you are when you're talking statistically, when you're saying the profit margin went from this to this, that's a four hundred percent increase. Mathematically, it, it's pure stats. But when you're talking about, I gave four hundred percent today. Well, no, obviously, it's not like you either. Really. You either came in and you gave a hundred percent. Or like there are days where I walk in the door and I know I'm given like 45% at best at work today because, because I'm hungover. And then there's days where I come in and I'm, <laughs> I'm giving you a solid 85% today because I'm in it. Dude, I'll tell you, speak about putting freaking percentages in at work, dude. Like the past two days, like mm. I think I put in a hundred percent, but man, they were like two of like the hardest days. I've had like a hellacious 48 hours working like, my uh at, at my job dude just having some awful situations with some kids dude and it's just like dude some of these like i feel bad man like it, it, I, i've getting to experience working like in a district with kids that come from low-income households and like knowing that they're when they go home their parents are busting their ass working and they pretty much you yep. see they have free reign to pretty much do whatever they want and they bring it to school like that's a really hard battle to fight in the school. And it's not even so much for me. You start seeing how it affects the kids who like really do care and do want to most of the kids, and most of the kids do care and do want to do something to get themselves out of that life they're in. And man, it's been tough seeing kids. I've been having a hard time watching kids suffer for that this week. And like, dude, by the end of the work today, like we were talking about maybe going out and having beers, dude. I couldn't think about anything but going home and like forgetting about everything in my life for a bit, dude. For so I know all spending about like, like 20 minutes, just ignoring your problems. And I, I had to be at like 40% by the end of the day today. I had to be. Yeah. There's just no, I, after 48 hours of the nonsense we were going through at our school and just that, you know, just to shit someone, some of the students pulled, like I had to be at 40% by the end of the day. And I don't think it's I don't if, if you're going over a hundred percent teaching, man, you've drank a lot of coffee that morning. You drank a lot of fucking coffee that morning. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. So But it's still mathematical. Hypothetically speaking, Derek Jeter could freaking do that, man. But yeah, dude. Um I just realized going back to the Yankees, it was just jealousy. I want what they have. And like now yeah, like so, that and now see, that the Mets that's have a flat out jealousy, right, and, not envy now that like you know the mets have a good billionaire owner like i'm hoping they do the same thing as the yankees and i have no shame in like admitting that was well they are doing the same thing as the yankees as they pretty much went out and bought max scherzer for as much money as they damn well pleased <laughs> you're a baseball game you like the yankees right uh negative so negative absolutely not and i'm offended that you would even say something like that no i i am I am a uh, Monroe 8U Falcons fan. Yeah, tell me about um, your team. Let's go. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but growing up, growing up, it started with doing like book reports and I latched on to two players and that's where it spread to the teams from there. So my book reports were um, an autobiography. Autobiography? Can I guess? Can I guess? Biography. 
Is it two baseball players? Two baseball players? No, no, no. It was there was one football player and one baseball player. And and I think we've we've talked about my football player. Hold on, this was in school. Correct. What grade were you in? Uh, I want to say it was third or fourth. So we're going back to like the early nineties here. Correct. Okay, football player, baseball player that you did book reports on. That led to me being a fan of the team that I'm a fan of. In football and baseball? So football, yes. I know you're a Chiefs fan. So book report you did, that had to be Joe Montana. Correct. Okay. Okay. Football. Yeah, that was when he just came to the Chiefs. Correct. Okay. Which and is also the... why I'm a Notre Dame fan. Well, I'm a Notre Dame fan because they were the only team that was on TV that was every weekend when I was a kid. And the first game I remember watching was Notre Dame, Florida State, 93. And I've been hooked ever since. Um, wait, wait. Love the Marcus Freeman hire. Loving Marcus Freeman. Loving him. Anyway, loving him. The I will give player. you this. The yeah. baseball team is east of the Mississippi. Who is Jared's favorite baseball team? And he was a very big name in the 90s. Are you a Detroit Tigers fan? Absolutely not. Because that was a good thing Cecil Fielder, you said big in the 90s. Nope. East of the Mississippi, early 90s. Ryan Sandberg and the Cubs. Negative. Robin Yount and the Brewers. <laughs> oh. Is anybody, are people from Milwaukee even Brewers fans? <laughs> yeah, Milwaukee's a cool city, dude. I've been to Milwaukee oh, before. Sure <laughs> Big drinking city. Oh, Miller Park's like, that's that. a weird part. That's like one of those ballparks that's like in the middle of nowhere in the city. You know, sometimes you get those ballparks. Like, oh, you know all about it. Arrowhead Stadium. You know, it's in the middle of nowhere. Miller Park's Correct. like that, too. <laughs> um, who's Jared? I never, I never learned this about you before. Barry Bonds and the Pirates? No. That's a, once again, these are good guesses. You're shaking my head like these are awful guesses. These are great well, guesses. N- the, no, the Milwaukee guess was not but a Milwaukee guess. But Milwaukee wasn't a great Ryan Sandberg and the Cubs was good. And Barry Bonds and the Pirates was good. Uh, this is fun. Barry, enjoying Barry Larkin in the Reds. I don't know. I'm trying to think. You're not a Braves fan, are you? Please tell me you're not a Braves fan. Oh God, no. Okay, because no. we'd have to end this podcast right now. Nothing good ever comes out of Atlanta. East of the Mississippi. Frank Thomas and the White Sox. No, let's let me narrow it down for okay. you. Okay. East Coast. Are you a Red Sox fan? No, but I do want to go to Fenway. Fenway's but no, awesome. I'm not a Red, Red Sox fan. No. Uncomfortable seats, but awesome, like, throw it back to, like, nineteen the 1920s vibe. And a lot of cool. Like, going into Fenway and going, like, underneath the bleachers and walking, like, through the ballpark is pretty cool. But, uh, yeah, man, they did not make those seats for, like, people from 2022. I'll tell you that right now. No. Uh, East Coast. Yankees, Mets. Who would have been your player guest for the Red Sox? In the 90s? In the uh, 90s. Roger Clemens. Oh, yeah, I didn't think about yeah. him. Okay. Yeah. But no. Definitely wasn't. Oh, Cal Ripken and the Orioles. Yes, sir. Yeah, it's got to be Cal Ripken Cal and Ripken the Orioles. Cal Ripken Jr. 
I'm like, I'm running out of teams here. Who the f- there was no Nationals yet. The Phillies didn't have any star players in fucking 90. Play- Would you do it before on Lenny Dykstra and the Phillies? <laughs> now, Lenny Dykstra, that, that would have been an interesting book report. That motherfucker is insane, dude. You ever watched, you watched the 86 Mets documentary? You gotta I, do, do yourself I, a favor and watch that fucking documentary, dude. Because he's a lunatic. about him. He's a lunatic, dude. <laughs> and he's unapologetic about it. He's like, un- he's like one, he's like, you know how politicians are unapologetic about the shit yes. they do? Lenny Dykstra is the exact same. But, you know, we're smart enough to not elect him to office. So I, I have heard stories about him. Um, yeah, I uh, I was a big... So I was a big Cal Ripken fan. Um, Cal. My dad and I used to do uh, two... It was like a week and a half every summer. Um was part of the my parents are separated so that was part of the agreement that week and a half during the summer we would do a vacation okay. so two consecutive years the first year we went to um went to camden yards and did the stadium tour okay. so i actually got to see like the clubhouse and and oh, all through the stadium cool. um camden yards has over i think it's over two and a half miles of insulated beer lines just fun fact um that's good. And then it's going to be fresh and cold. I like that. Yep. And then the following year, we actually went and saw a game at Camden Yards. Who'd they play? Oh, fucking hell. You're talking about when I was in my like preteens or early. So Camden yeah, Yards opened pre-teens. in 93. So it's not, it's not before that. Yeah. So it was definitely when I was in middle school. So between okay. 95 and 97. So you tore I know so, for a so fact towards that like when played. And the, the, the streak had happened already? Had he already broken Garrick's record? No, I think the streak was still running at that point. But like, was he had he already broken the record though? Um, no, no. no I feel like were the he... numbers on the warehouse when you were there? Yes. There you go. Okay, that's good. All right, that's pretty cool. So, the count was on, but he had not broken the number yet. Okay. Next question for you: Did you yes. ever go to Memorial Stadium for a game? The old stadium? No. Ah, I've never met anybody who's been there. I heard that place was a freaking, that was a uh, a gem of a dump. <laughs> I, I can imagine. You know who, sticking with dumps of stadiums, um, so our head coach of the, the 8U baseball team, he was down in Florida for a work thing, um, and he actually went to a spring training Yankees game. And he's like, yeah, it's uh, – right across the parking lot from Raymond James stadium. He's like, what a fucking dump that place is. He's the like, Yankee how did stadium they host or Raymond James? No, Raymond James. He's like how they hosted a super bowl. I don't understand. Like you're right there. And there's fucking houses within eyesight from the stadium. Like, yeah, most stadiums kind of have like, it's a, not a complex, but it's like a space, like a, almost like a bubble around it. Yeah. And then the develop, you know, housing is off a ways. He's like, no, you could legitimately sit on the front porch of some of these houses and probably see the upper decks of the stadium. Really? Like, I'm yeah. I'm looking this up on Google Maps now. <laughs> I want to see how awkward this is. Because, like, like, there's, like, you, you go to places like Wrigley Field, there's people around. And yeah. it's, like, kind of, you know, fine. And that's not a big deal. But... Is this like, it's like, is it awkward, like Florida style pretty much? 
Florida's awkwardly yeah. designed in general. Let's see. So I'm looking at Raymond yeah, James. Of... I'm looking at Raymond James from the overhead. Okay. So to yeah. the west is a college, and to the east there's definitely like yeah, like a neighborhood. Yeah. There's like a news station, and I'm like yeah, like yeah, and it's not like a city neighborhood. It's like a like a subdivision neighborhood. Yeah. It's like it's like suburban Florida is. Do you think these people right like? There. I bet you these people like freaking like pay, charge people to. Uh, Oh, I'm sure. Lawns and shit, but dude. think about Rutgers so, people do that. Oh yeah, like their whole like Met practice Lakes. facilities like right across from like. Yeah. Is it, oh, no, so all right. So now if you span out a bit, there is more of a complex than than your buddy is thinking there is. So but, like, but look at so look at Raymond James Stadium, right? Yeah. If you're looking on Google Maps, right below where it says lot five slash seven, lot seven, lot nine, they're grass fields. Like I think of MetLife, I think of even at the complex with Arrowhead and the Royal oh, that's, Stadium. That's, that's redneck shit, dude. Like people freaking park like on grass down there, dude. No, I know that, but like this is a this is a stadium that just hosted a Super Bowl. It hosted you, WrestleMania not too long ago either. So exactly, it bothers you so, it's that close to a neighborhood. And that there's not like I feel like these NFL stadiums or Major League Baseball state, well, not so much Major League Baseball stadiums because a lot of them seem to attract the hop off the train, walk into the stadium crowd. But football, okay. like they usually have, like I said, that bubble that like seventeen massive paved parking lots around them. Even go out to like the well, you can't even find it on Google Maps anymore. But like the old Lions Stadium and even the current oh, Lions Stadium and stuff like yeah. that, like. Well, the current line stadium is right in the right in the city. It's right it's right, right in the city. But a lot of them, if they're not in the middle of a city, they're surrounded by huge areas of parking. This is surrounded by, hey, you're gonna go over there and park in their field. That's the official parking lot. Like, dude, the airport. Could you like be right a little more country? Well, no, that's how they do things, man. Like, especially in Florida, it's just redneck shit in Florida, man. They just park on grass down there. Yeah, I yeah, see that. Funny. But it, and then if you if you go a little bit northwest, again, more like sort so, of city, so but no, still kind of suburban. Well, that's a, but that's like, dude, southern cities are like very like sprawled out. Atlanta's like this too. Like Atlanta, like there's like parts of Atlanta where you would think you're in like, you know, Hillsboro. You know, just for an know. example by us. Like, southern cities aren't like northern cities. Like, it's just like, a, it's, it's, they're not concrete jungles, you know what I mean? There's like a little section of town that's like, you know, got skyscrapers and concrete. Um, like, especially, they like, think like Jacksonville, Tampa, Orlando. And then it's just surrounded by residential areas and, you know, things like sports stadiums and fucking Disney World. You know, shit like that. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I, I just I I really bothers you. You want you want fucking concrete to park on. It'll be no grass for you. Absolutely. Well, That's I think about that. Be. What else are fucking rains? You get into a my exactly. of any situation. Dude. So now I have to be now I have to be towed out of the mud pit mud pit or mud puddle because you couldn't pave your freaking parking lot after. How how much are Super Bowl tickets? Like thousands, thousands, right? Thousands, yeah. Okay, so they made a crap ton of money on the Super Bowl. 
and you still haven't par- paved your parking lot. Jerk offs. Dude, I went in 20, this was 2015, my old band Stolen Roads. We played the Rocklahoma Festival out in like this town called Prior Creek, Oklahoma. It was like a rock festival. Oh, bumblefuck, I could already tell. Bumblefuck. And maybe not, not too far, I think, from Tulsa. And we get there, and it's, you know, it's a festival, so it's like field parking in the middle of a fucking field in Oklahoma Memorial Day weekend. So we get there, and we, we set up some tents. We were going to camp. But then a storm comes through that night, really bad rain. So, but dude, like a nasty, nasty, like Oklahoma storm in the summer. And like, there's just lightning everywhere. The wind's howling. The sky's starting to turn green. And we're just like, oh, fuck it. If the tornado comes here, we, we can't move. Our fucking van is stuck in the mud. Like, what the? And me and the guitar are just sitting there like, Fuck, dude, we're about to die. We're gonna fucking die. We're gonna fucking die in fucking Prior fucking Creek, Oklahoma. Like, fucking serious, man. And I, I, it's one of those situations where I look back, I think about it. I was like, dude, if there would have been like a real tornado, like I would have, and it was, I would have had to get out of the car and run. I would have had a better chance getting out of the car and running in the direction that the tornado was not going. Mm-hmm. So, Wizard of Oz shit, dude. Dude, that's crazy. And then the next day, you're driving, we're driving back east, man. And you ever been out west? Sort of. What's the not, furthest west you've gone? Um, Dayton, Ohio. Okay. You and then go at... we flew into St. Louis to go to Kansas City. So you drove across Missouri? Okay. Yeah. Okay, this, yeah. Missouri's driving across Missouri works for this. You know how it just goes on forever, <laughs> the horizon just goes on forever. And it's the flattest thing yeah. known to man. And you yeah. could see for, I mean, miles upon miles upon miles upon miles. When you're looking at, like, storm clouds from miles away and you see like these little like these little dip funnels coming out of them and stuff it's just like dude it's, a, it's crazy that people deal with that shit all the time and dude these you know, in oklahoma they didn't bat an eye when that storm came through i was fucking like northeast pussies we were just like oh, i gotta go fucking die I gotta fucking die hide in the fucking van oh. dude yeah it was fucking terrible man so i completely agree with you to get back to everything we were talking about grass park lots are a stupid fucking idea Stupid ass oh, idea. Not not to not that I'm gonna pick on anybody in specific, but fucking Tom Brady, you got all that goddamn money. You couldn't chuck a little bit of money towards a paving a parking lot. They name it after him, the Brady lot. Seriously. The T B twelve lot? He could even do like a corporate name if he wanted. That See? place good. Do I get next corporate name T B twelve stadium. Mm-hmm. Tom Brady's gonna buy the naming rights to the new to the to the Actually, he's gonna buy the Bucks naming rights. That's gonna be TB12 Stadium South, and he's gonna buy the Pats one. That's gonna be TB12 Field. <laughs> that would be great. He just owned his naming rights. <laughs> just, just yet another fu to Robert Kraft. Um, He'll we never get rid of him. He's just gonna be around forever. He's like fucking John Madden. You're never gonna get rid of the fucking dude. <laughs> see, but at least I like John Madden. Everybody loves John Madden. John Madden was I hate great, this dude. dude. I hate this. You're you're a Chiefs fan. Even you like John Madden. That's right. <laughs> John Madden was great. That's funny. That's funny. Um, so how is this? How is your how is the 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 Monroe team this year? Um, I am very excited. We had uh, we had a couple of kids who opted not to come back this year. One kid um, just changed sport focus altogether, um, and another kid decided that. 
he enjoys baseball at a rec level, but just wasn't into it at the travel level. Um, and we're starting to get like, we picked up two new kids actually one. So one of the kids, um, is of, is he Indian or Pakistani? Either way. He, uh, was a plays cricket with his family. So you can tell like his, his throwing motion is that like totally vertical up and over like they use for cricket. <laughs> yeah, that's how he pitches. But it, it he's kind of developed a little bit more of an angle. Okay. But I was like, I, I, I saw it, but I didn't initially see the throw of the ball. So I'm like, okay, this should be interesting to watch. And then I just happened to end up playing catch with him at one of the first practices. And he threw it and I caught it and I said, damn. Okay. Had some zip on it. Yeah. Yeah. I was like, all right. And then we had another kid that I had never, I never saw him play during rec last year, but apparently he was on one of the rec teams. And we had a couple of scrimmages last weekend in those like 70 degree days, which was fucking beautiful. Nothing like um, 70 degree, 70 degree bay day in some baseball. It's beautiful. And the, the biggest thing is when you start like putting kids in the pitch, you have to rotate the rest of the field around to compensate for that gap. Right. And he ended up coming in at third base and I'm like, well, let's see how this goes. And it actually filled in really well. So I'm, I'm very optimistic for this year. Um, I think we have, my boss makes fun of me all the time. He's like, what do you guys have? Like 17 coaches, 18 coaches. Um, I think we legitimately have, like seven or eight dads who are all considered coaches. We all have our certifications. Um, and it's good because if somebody's going to be out or somebody can't make a game or. Yeah. It makes it easier you know, for you. You guys can right. like have lives still. Right. Um, yeah. Cause sports, man, have... sports can take over your fucking life quickly, dude. Yep. Yep. So, but the, the one thing that we developed last year that I'm really like, I've honestly been looking forward to is just the the team family like i mean the the all these people are now our family we had at um we played a two-day tournament in cherry hill and three different people brought those like pop-up canopies the 10 by 10 canopies yeah right we would okay everybody you know venmo one person that one person would go pick up like you know subs or or whatever pizzas or whatever bring it back to our right um you know, there was always the designated couple of coolers for the adults. Like, so it becomes a whole thing. And then after some of the home games, there was, we would rotate through the different families with pools. We'd all right. go back there and, you know, either get food delivered or grill. So it just, that's honestly more so what I'm looking forward to because as intense as the kids got during the games, after the games were over to see them, continue that camaraderie and bring it to like not even stressed out about baseball just it was really good to watch especially at that point we were just rolling out of pandemic ish life so just it was nice to just see kids just playing and having a good time and not thinking about all the other bullshit that the adults are worrying about camaraderie is so important man like from yes. anytime you're doing anything educational if you can get 
like kids to feel like family and they would do anything for each other like that shit translates to the field man and that lifts yep. to the field and that stuff that happens on the field that translates to real life and you know that helps you become more successful man it really does build character um 100 i, I want to go back to cricket kid has he mm. tried to teach you anything about cricket at all because cricket um, is the i feel like is the only sport i've ever tried to watch and I just can't figure it the fuck out. Like, when I watch it, I'm like, how are they scoring? When does the inning end? What's an out? Is there an out? What is this wicked thing? What are you supposed to do? I can't figure out the objective of the game. I I have not had the opportunity to be educated on it yet. Um, he is also super, super quiet. Okay. Like, to, to call him quiet is an understatement. So. Okay. But we also had a couple of kids last year who were like borderline mute. Like one of our second baseman slash pitchers slash rotational players, Pete. Petey was mute. And the first time I heard him, like he was in the dugout and he's like, let's go. And I whipped around. I'm like, holy shit, you talk? Like you make noise? <laughs> I never heard him speak. One of so, my sixth graders was playing basketball this week, and he was sweating in the gym. And we were like, "Dude, why don't you take off your like hoodie?" And he took off the hoodie. And the gym teacher goes, "That's the first time I've seen his arms in three years." Yeah, like so. I know that he will eventually. He will come out of that shell, and he'll talk more, and um, it, it'll be good. So I'm I'm sure when I have the opportunity I will definitely ask because I mean it's a it's a I guess a cousin of baseball. Yeah, it's the, it base they say baseball is derived from cricket. Um and that's you know in ways you're hitting a ball with a piece of wood and you have to, I think you score runs in cricket. I'm not sure. Um you that would be a good like team bonding trip. You'd have him take you down to the cricket ground one day. And you guys have a cricket lesson. You learn how to play cricket a little bit. Yeah, I mean, I'm I'm all about it. I'm all about learning. Um, yeah. As long as you're not going to, like, force me to watch. I don't know. I, I, I can't do golf on TV. I've tried. Oh, I really have tried. that's disappointing. I love golf, dude. One of my favorite uh, sports I'm, to gamble on. So I will admit there was one time I intently watched golf on TV. And reason? that was, there was a reason the summer of 2020 golf was the first sport to be back on television. Unless you're counting UFC. Well, yeah. Cause UFC, they, they didn't, they, they, they didn't, didn't even fuck. stop. <laughs> Dana yeah. White canceled that one like pay-per-view for, for ESPN. He legitimately said, I'm doing this for ESPN cause they really wanted me to, but it's the only time I'm doing it. <laughs> yeah. Like other than that, I have never spent exorbitant amounts of time watching golf on TV, um, and tennis too. Tennis is another one I can't. That's watch one on I can't TV. get into, like, dude. I can't get into tennis. Mm-mm. I just can't. Nope. I respect the shit out of tennis. Those people, those oh, yeah. guys and girls are athletic as all hell, man. I would definitely respect the shit out of it. Can't get into watching two people hit a ball back and forth for three hours. Mm-mm. Just can't do. It. Nope. At least like in golf, you got different holes and. 
and you know you and there's different plays and you can debate like should he use a five iron should he use a six iron you know there you're there's a lot of people in the competition um you know the, the whole putting there's, there's there's drama to watching a guy hit a big putt i don't care what right. you say man you're watching a major tournament and there's a guy my man's guy hit a big putt there's drama even a non-major tournament my one buddy uh doyle he freaking he's a golf fanatic and he watches like almost every weekend and he says, yes, like, yeah. there's always some sort of drama, more often than not. And, 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 I, and I, he's 100% right. You know, obviously, I'm going to play golf tomorrow. I could use golf after this week, but I think it's supposed it's to rain be all so day. It's so cold. Yeah, I, and it's cold. And, well, cold don't but, bother me. That's what, that's what the good Lord gave us, Under Armour. Oh, I was going to say the good Lord gave us alcohol, but yeah, that too. Um, <laughs> so, like, like, I can watch, I will watch golf if it's got, like, big implications just like i can never sit there and watch every single game in the baseball season no because it's like holy fuck like too many right, no we're, one's watching we're in game 65 like oh. nobody's watching 162 games like get the no. fuck out of here no so i will watch playoff baseball playoff or or if it's like the last couple games where those wins and losses have implications on whether or not they make the playoffs or whether or not they, you know, win the division to go into the playoffs. I'll watch that, but I won't right. watch every single game. I'll watch um, the big golf tournaments where it's like the masters or you know stuff like that. So yeah, I'll, I'll go through. I still won't watch tennis though. Um, Baseball is cool too. If like you get a team like the Mets to have like a Jacob deGrom and a Max Scherzer or like when Kershaw was in his prime, or in Verlander's in his prime, or Garrett Cole for the Yankees. When you have like yeah. one of those big name pitchers, like you're gonna get like ten to twenty thousand more people in the gate that night just to see those those guys pitch, and you're gonna get more viewership because people like like watching the like especially before he got hurt last year, watching Jake pitch was a fucking event. Like yeah. it's like you did not miss a Degrom day. It just was you just didn't do it because he was just or so watching, electrifying. Uh, uh, Thor. Syndergaard, Syndergaard. He's with yeah, the Angels Noah now, Syndergaard. though. Yeah, he, he he went out west. It's not a terrible move. Yeah, it's only a one-year deal. It's kind of a prove-it deal for him, and he got, yeah. I guess he got more money from them. So good for him. Yeah, I'll uh, like, you know, I'll, I'll watch some of those. I I think I'll go I, to be, yeah. Yeah, I'm sorry. I, what were you gonna say? I was gonna say I'll I'll absolutely go to sports. Like I'll go to a baseball game or. Um, I'll go to a hockey game I or I'll, you know, I'll watch hockey on TV, but I can't, again, another sport that I can't watch all the games on TV, but I'll go to a game hundred percent. Like, right. Oh, we have I think, tickets. Do you I think go? I'm going to go to a game again this year. I didn't go last year. Cause I, didn't, even though I'm, I, I'm jabbed. I didn't agree with the mandates. So I didn't just, I just didn't want to yeah. support them. So, and I know like, you know, they lifted the one, well, they, kind of lifted the one yesterday even what they did yesterday i thought was fucking nonsense you know and just a whole bunch of political posturing you know but like i I, my idea is like you know okay you let the players play but how about all the cops and firefighters and frontline workers who lost their jobs i know people like oh they had a choice they could have got the jab i'm like but that shouldn't have been a choice Like, like like that shouldn't have been their choice their choice should have been i put in my body whatever the fuck i want to put in my body Correct. You know, and that should have been the choice from the beginning. And it was always going to backfire, and I knew it was going to backfire, and it's backfiring spectacularly. 
But like, I just want to like, you know, just with the negative, you know, the negative publicity coming towards the city now. And it's just like, I want to go back and I want to support the players and I want to support this new Mets regime, man. But, you know, I just, I, I still feel like there's a part of, I just feel like it still feels a little dirty to me. It still yeah. feel, I still feel, I don't like the idea of like going to, I'm like, I'm going to some sort of exclusive club where I have to, you know, show my fucking, I know I don't have to show the ID anymore to get in, but like, uh, just the whole thing, it's rubbed me the wrong way, man. And I, and I, I, I think I'm going to give in, like, it's going to be hard for me to not go to like Keith Hernandez night. I, I think I'm going to give in, but I still have to debate in my head. You know, because I don't blame baseball for it. I don't blame Steve no. Cohen. I don't blame Hal Steinbrenner. You know, it's just, you know, there's, it's just a, a dilemma going through it, you know. Because I just, I'm very much of, like, that libertarian thought where, like, I just don't like anybody telling me what the fuck to do. Especially people who don't know me. You know, like, you don't know me and you've never examined me. You don't know what goes on in my life. You know, so it's just, it, the whole thing, it's just... Uh, does it still rub you the wrong way? Um... The, the politicalness over of it. <laughs> no, I, I, the politicalness of it bothers me. Um, the, the fact that like, I, I got it and I had my reasons for getting it. My yeah. wife got it. She had her reasons for getting it. Um, and we have our reasons why the kids haven't gotten it yet. Right. Um, but I last year was like, you know, I want to, we went to New York city, uh, December of 2019. We took them to go. We went through the path station. So into the new path station in New York, gorgeous, by the way. Yeah. I Absolutely mean, I remember, beautiful. Yeah. Wait, wait, um, like the one they yeah, the one that's been out for a couple of years now for a while now, right? Yeah. The one yeah, it's, it's like really real nice, decorative and everything. Yeah. That's a really beautiful. nice train station, dude. We finally got Great to go back. to the, yes, we got to go to the, uh, the, the 9-11 museum oh, that yeah. was unbelievable i've been to so, the memorial i haven't been in the museum yet yeah the museum is unreal like being next to actual items that were pulled out of the rubble and you know the just they have a section of the core of the antenna from the one building and like i go like this as though it was actually this small i mean it's massive massive and right. you see all the wires that were like it's they literally took like a cutter and just and it's a cross cut of that antenna it's monstrous so all these scale things that you don't think of until you're in front of them right. it's like oh my god so and then from there we went up to uh the tree at rockefeller center took the kids up to go see the tree so we haven't been in the city since then and i've always said to myself well shit when we go back, like I want to go back when it's not, you know, 10 degrees out. Cause when that wind cuts through some of those streets, mm -hmm. whoa, brutal. So I was like, yeah, we need to go when it's warmer. And then you couldn't go because, well, the kids aren't vaccinated, so they can't go anywhere. Doesn't that just feel wrong that like somebody's yes. telling you your family's not good enough to go somewhere? irritated the shit out of me yeah man it just doesn't feel and it, it just think there's so much inconsistency with it all man yep. like it's really so. really just political and irritating man and it just and it gets even worse as it goes along and like you know, there's really just there's no rhymer until they update the shots for the var where the var where the disease is now there's just no rhyme or reason yeah. for it and 
you know, like when it first happened, like I, I got the shots. I thought it was a good idea. And I do feel yeah. like in the very beginning, they, they really did something. But yeah. now it's, you know, if you just take the eye test of people in your life who've gotten coronavirus, and I work in a school, so I've met a lot of people who've gotten coronavirus in the past, like, four months. There ain't been no rhyme or reason anybody who's been vaccinated and not vaccinated. Well, and then now you're at so, this point where, like, a bunch of Brooklyn Nets fans can go to a, a game unvaccinated, but Kyrie Irving couldn't, and then the visiting right. players could. All the inconsistencies, I'm like, well, if it's this political now, that means it's probably always been political, and there's just been a lot of just nonsense involved. And I don't know. I just didn't want to – like, it was just – it was almost insulting to me, man, like the mandate yeah. part of it. You know, I just and, insulting telling people that they're not good enough for something, man. Like, and when it's just – it just doesn't – it doesn't – what I see in my life doesn't line up with what they're telling me. And, you know, I, I, I trust myself more than I trust any government statistic, dude. 100%. And yeah. – you know, you talk about the rhyme or reason. My wife had it in July. Now, obviously, I mean, we're we're not like in a 1950s TV show anymore. We sleep in the same bed. I didn't get it. The kids didn't get it. Yes. Okay. Fast forward to New Year's Eve, New Year's Day. My youngest tested positive on New Year's Eve. I got all my symptoms New Year's Day. We both had it. My oldest son still knock on wood to this day has not gotten it. Yeah. nothing when i went and got clearly i went and got pcr tested and i got antibody tested and i figured well i know the result what it's going to be but i went anyway but i took him with me to get him pcr tested and antibody tested negative across the board so he not only didn't get it but did not have the antibodies so how how you had two different opportunities where it was in your face, nothing. There's a lot of it where it's, I really think it's just about who you are too and your makeup. Yes. Everybody's makeup is different. That's the other Correct. problem I have with mandating things across the board. Like you just don't, like that should be a doctor's decision. Like you should be able to, you should be able to consult your physician and let your yes. physician give you the, and that's, that's what I did. That was my original thing. And they gave me as they, and you know, and I talked to a couple other doctors that I trust you know, and they said the same thing. I'm like, yeah, it's probably, it's, it's worth getting, you know, it's not, and they said, if it doesn't work, it's not going to kill you. You know, I'm not in this boat where like it goes in my body and I'm getting microchipped and I think it's going to kill me and I'm going to grow a fucking, uh, a second dick and a third arm in like five years. Like I'm not in this boat, you know, I know it's not going to do anything terrible to me, you know, it's just, you know, and I know people who have, who've, who, I know somebody, I shouldn't say people, I know one person, I know somebody who got it and it killed them. Because they shouldn't have got it. Really? And they didn't, or they didn't consult their doctor first. So it was also oh, a mistake okay. on their part. They were sick. They had a sickness. Um, they had cancer, I believe. And wow. and after he got it, he got sicker again. The doctor said, no, you shouldn't have got this with your cancer. And then I thought to myself, like, oh, that person, and I know some jobs, they give you medical exemptions. But, like, a restaurant or a baseball venue in New York wasn't given a medical exemption. So now here's a person who has cancer, could be dying, and they can't even enjoy, like, the last – they can't – go out and do anything at all you know not that you know some you know, by the end of cancer no one's going out anyway but like if right. you're at the beginning of like a terminal diagnosis and you have that little window where you can still do things and now you can't yeah and then it just messed with everybody's head and it just got it's just gotten so disgusting to me you know yeah and i just and, and now i'm starting and now i'm just i just feel bad for those who had to upend their lives you know and they shouldn't have had to and 
I don't I don't know if I should still in my in my in my way of boycotting, I guess, should I still be thinking about them or should I start thinking about the businesses who need to recover now? And you know? and that's part of the reason why I didn't shelter, shelter, shelter. Like we were right. We yeah, were cautious. We, I didn't we weren't I, like I, I, f- I flew in like September 2020. That's how little I sheltered, man. Okay. I mean, like yeah. we yeah, we we flew in November and I mean we we were not like just willy-nilly, like fuck it, let's just see what happens. Roll the no, dice, yeah, I wore but... my mask where it made sense, and I, you know Correct. you know, I wasn't defying people's indoor mask mandate, especially in 2020 when Correct. when you know we were still when we didn't know shit. We, we didn't know jack shit. We still don't know jack shit. That's another thing I wish well, I knew. I wish these motherfuckers well, just admit they don't fucking know anything and they're just guessing. Like that's well, nothing. But either beyond the point. Yeah, I didn't defy it like, you know, like I know people in my life are like, I ain't fucking wearing a mask, I ain't fucking doing that. I'm like, I'm if a private business asks me to do this so I can come to their business right now, I'll that's that's a compromise to me. I'm willing to I was always willing to get into that compromise there. So I didn't have to cripple yeah. my life and sit at home and freaking mentally drive myself batshit crazy. Well, you you know, you're you're making me do something I don't want by wearing a mask. Well, you're making them do something they don't want by serving you. If you don't want to wear a mask, fine. Just don't go into their establishment. Right. Yeah. So there was a time where that made sense to me. And I, you know, and I, and I, I mean, at that time has passed, I think in this country at this point, you know, no yeah, places I, are I doing that everybody anymore. Everybody has. Yeah. Yeah. But again, to, to the original point, like we didn't know shit. Right. We knew nothing. So, um, we let it, you know, we, we kind of let it roll and, and we, okay, you say that's the way to go about it. We'll go about it that way. Um, but I knew eventually the economy could not support running the way that we were running. Right. And we were never going to stop it either because you had two thirds or half of the country following the rules and staying in and, and masks and all that other stuff. And you had the other portion of the country going, well, fuck all that. And then these are my rights and going out. And so the only way to have actually effectively stopped it would have been everybody on the same page, shut it down, let everything fizzle out and then go back. But that was just never going to happen. That's really hard to do in a country of 300 million people, dude. Correct. You know, where where you have so many many different cultures and variants and, and so many different, locks of health so many different job responsibilities like you can't ask police officers to stop working you can't ask Correct. people in hospitals to stop working. you can't ask fire like you can't ask cops to stop pulling though cops did stop pulling people over at the beginning of coronavirus that was some of my favorite driving in my life nobody my... on the road and cops just not pulling anyone over just driving 90 f plus everywhere <laughs> so my commute to work every day i work in union okay. my commute to work involves the turnpike north to exit 11 Parkway North to exit 139B. Okay. To drive home, Parkway South to get onto the, the turnpike and then turnpike south to home. The best commutes to work I've ever had was the immediate <laughs> aftermath of the lockdown. Because that first, I'd say the first, shoot, almost the first year it was like zip zip to and from work i was like oh this is freaking great if this is how life is gonna go and then all of a sudden cars started showing up and you almost want to pull up next to him and go what are you doing here why are you on this road get off the road this is my road now <laughs> <Right>? <laughs> i 
I'm the captain now. <laughs> it was like I owned a freaking road. It was like, you watch Yellowstone? Yes. Dude, I felt, it's like you're the John Dutton of the turnpike, dude. <laughs> yeah. You don't belong here. You don't Leave. belong here. This is my land. Leave. <laughs> yeah, oh. driving to the Catskills for hiking during those times. Oh, my goodness. It was just... I mean, I can make it to some spots up there in under three hours just because there was just no one on the road and Nobody. there was no one stopping anybody from driving fast. Those were yep. those were the good times. Even when I went to Cali, I was at that. I went there in 2020 when I hiked Mount Whitney, and that was because we did that. We well, here's what happened. We booked me and two friends decided we were going to do Mount Whitney. One lives in L.A. Myself, another one lives in Brooklyn. We're all college buddies, so we got the we got our. You have to get passes to get like like to Whitney. So we. Went to the lottery. We got our day picked, and it was September first, twenty twenty, to do Whitney. So, did, we got our day picked before the pandemic, or we submitted before mm-hmm. the pandemic. I think we submitted into the lottery before the pandemic, and then we got our date to do the climb during the early weeks of the pandemic. And you know, it, it we got it back. I just messaged my one buddy. I'm just like, I'm letting you know right now. If there's a flight, I don't care what's going on. I'm coming. Like if, if as long as the planes are flying, I'm coming. Like we planned a long time for this, and I'm not letting it stop me. We're doing an outdoors trip. We're gonna be outdoors the whole time. And honestly, no one's gonna. And any and then my buddy goes, yeah, no one's gonna be at the parks because he went up like when the pandemic first started. He went to Yosemite. He goes, it was the best experience at Yosemite ever. Nobody there. You had the whole park to yourself. Jared, we went out there in September. It was amazing. I flew on a plane. Nobody was on the fucking plane. That was great. You get to Yosemite National Park, usually a place that's it's like a traffic jam during the, during like the, the September season. Nobody there, dude. We will, it's like we had the park to ourselves. It was beautiful. And LA am... LA traffic didn't exist. Driving through LA without traffic is like a whole other world of amazing. <laughs> like and like envious. LA is like a freaking four, and then that makes it like a nine. <laughs> I am I am a hundred percent envious of that because. That's the thing is now, even if I was go- to go to some of these places now, it's like, oh, back to normal. Well, we were hoping that they that the national park system, like, continues to cap admittance. They yes. should, like, definitely, like, hey, only this many people can come, you know, and then it'll kind of kill, you know, if you're going to come to the main parts of the park. Not, like, primitive stuff. Primitive stuff, you can go whatever, do primitive camping, whatever you want. But, uh, yeah, it was definitely nice to do all that. But, yeah, like, just... Going out and, and, and doing all that. Like, I, I, I didn't mind. And when I flew out there, I said, mask was on the whole time. I wasn't trying to start no fights. I'm not one of these assholes on an airplane fucking trying to, you know, do my best to get kicked off and ruin everybody's life. Like, let's just get this done. And I'll get off the plane in five hours and I'll take my mask off when I go outside. You know, like, I was okay with all that. You know, so I, I want to make it clear that I'm not someone who's just completely anti the existence of this. Yeah, I'm just anti people fucking who don't know me telling me what the fuck to do when yeah, it comes, to, when it comes to my when it comes to my body and that's my problem with it yeah is that i'm not gonna tell you what to do you're not gonna tell me what to don't do. tell me what to do right right and if i think you're if you i think you're unhealthy i'll stay the fuck away from you i have one more sports related item yeah really, we can probably wrap it up so after that because quick we're going for a hot minute here yeah, nice one quick tonight. joke sports thing, and then I had one television item I wanted to touch on real quick. Okay. So the sports-related joke, I understand the Russell Wilson trade already happened. Right. So he will be on his way if he's not already. 
But just to prove how much of a dumpster fire the Denver Broncos have been, that they're not only a dumpster fire, they're a stadium fire. I don't know if you saw that news article. What, Investco I guess called fire? Uh, whatever the fuck it's called, my, Mile High. My, my High, whatever it is. It whatever. has a, a corporate sponsor, but it, Mile High. Um, they, I think they're doing construction or something like that. And uh, yeah, no, it, it caught it portion of caught fire. Like a lot of it, like a big fire. No, no, no. It was okay. like a, a third level and fourth level uh, suites caught on fire. Like some they ended up shit. putting it out within forty five minutes. Yeah, it was probably electrical, but yeah. it just made me laugh because it's like the Broncos are such a dumpster fire that they're now a stadium fire. Isn't there like a Neil Allen jersey like buried into like underneath the Broncos stadium, like a Chiefs jersey of his? Um, I, that would not surprise me. I do know, I do know that Allegiant Stadium, otherwise known as almost a toilet in the Las Vegas area, like a a luxury toilet, doesn't it? It does. does It's missing the vertical tank. That's it. Do you imagine they put like like a roof on there that went like this? I was going to say, could you imagine (laughs) if they built an attached hotel building on the one end? Oh, that would fucking die. Hilarious! I would die. There is a photo that was not released until the foundation was poured and the building was like two thirds of the way done of one of the people on the construction team holding his, this is chief's kingdom flag that he put underneath right before they poured the concrete. So technically speaking, <laughs> under the base of Allegiant stadium, there is, this is chief's kingdom flag. Chiefs fans are fucking smarky, man. You're smarky sons of bitches. Yep. Oh, man. I wanted to hit on, and there's not much to discuss because there's only one episode so far, Halo. Yeah, so I played Halo when I was a kid. Me and my buddies used to have fun with it, um, like the first two, and then after that I fell out of gaming. Um, What did you think, and why did you think it? Um, So I have very fond memories of... Johnny G from the Smoking Jays, right here on the Fourth Wall Pop Network. Um, he and I started playing Halo when it first came out. Uh, he got an Xbox and Halo when it was first released, and I have I played one, two, and three, and played like the storyline. I was never a big online multiplayer because you had all those people that knew all the little oh I could camp out here and it just I hated that like it was just no fun at that point. So. I played all the storylines. So I knew the storyline of the battle between the Spartans and the Covenant. Um, I was very excited because I know that we are at a time where CG and, and computer technology for those graphics is at that level where it's like, well, if they're going to do it, now's a damn good time to do it. Mm -hmm. And I was not disappointed. Like, they now again only one episode in so there's only but so much down to i and i don't i mean well you played through the first two so the the elite the big covenant guys with the the mouths that open Mm -hmm. when you would come across them like when you would go into the room and then they would see you they would do that little noise that would work during this about eight nine minutes in it doesn't give anything there's a big battle between humans and the covenant they show up and one of them 
goes running towards the humans and he made that noise. And I went, oh, he made the noise. He made the noise. He made the noise. And then one of the covenant guys comes out. The sword came the sword. out. Said, oh, oh man, the sword. The fucking sword. Whenever you played Halo Battle, it was just a race to get the freaking sword, dude. <laughs> and then the Spartans show up and it's badass when the Spartans show up. And again, doesn't give away anything about the plot, but one of the Spartans, remember there was the plasma rifle that everybody yep. had to get, but there was the plasma pistol that you could charge up and then would have the big burst. One of the Spartans picks that one up, aims it at the head of the elite and blows his head off with the big burst. And I was like, they're even calling back to that detail. Fucking awesome. Question. Oh. Is Answer. there now... Is there one asshole that's sitting at the top of the tower just sniping everybody? <laughs> just there like is, in the battle. So <laughs> the all the spark the so of course Master Chief drops to the ground in superhero pose. That was for you, Wade. Superhero pose with the knee down and everything. Other ones come down, and one of them gets up on it's like a almost like a little fort that these human the humans have built, and it's like a big steel wall. Reminded me a lot of like a lot of the zombie movies. One of the Spartans gets up on the top of the wall with a sniper rifle. I was like, there's always that were, one dick who just sits up there and just snipes motherfuckers. They you know who that picked, dick was when I played those games? You. Me. Because yep. I suck at video games, but I'm good at sniping. I was always about the story, and I'm I'm very curious to see. They brought back, they did not bring back the original master chief voice actor um they have is it all cgi um i think the uh the the covenant people are probably all gonna be actors with suits and you know green suits or whatever um it looks like master chief is an actual costume but then there's gonna be aspects of it that are cgi it's okay. heavily relying on CGI, which See, doesn't surprise me. That's the only like, I tend to not enjoy things that are overtly reliant on CGI. You know, like so, the first like episodes one and two of Star Wars, um, right? Animated so, Disney movies. So like, so like animated Disney movies, and I bring this up because I've been watching a lot of Disney's. I've been, I've been doing music and film in class, so we've been watching like Encanto and Moana. Those are great movies. I love the movies themselves. But I watch them. I'm just like, man, I really... Especially in Kanto. Not so much Moana, but especially in Kanto. Sometimes I just wish they would just hand-draw them still. There'd be some little more elements I of hand-drawing. Yep. I think there's just an element of charm missing when you over-CGI things. So if I, if I were to relate it in that direction... So yeah, the, the first two episodes of Star Wars, having just gone through and rewatched i'm up to i just finished rogue one last weekend fucking great movie um great fucking movie but to relate it back to disney movies you recall wally mm -hmm. so you know who, who by the way know? is in a new hope <laughs> i don't care what anybody yes, says as that definitely i definitely believe that's where they got the inspiration of wally from from that thing that was in the jawas trash dumpster in new hope Yep. Okay, I could. You know see what I'm that. talking about they, when they, yep. you know, when they pick up R two and three PO in the beginning, and they're in that yep. dumpster. You see that where they go? Wah, wah. Even my students, I've been so fifth graders, have been watching A New Hope, and they could go, 
It's Wally. It's Wally. <laughs> so, but you know how in Wally, as much as you know it's a computer animated movie, there are certain portions like when he's down on the surface of Earth moving the garbage around, it almost looks real. Okay. Like it doesn't right. look shitty CG animation. That's what it felt like. It really didn't look like overly animated. Like it looked like there were certain things where you could kind of be like, all right, I think the Spartans were a little, like some of their movements were a little over animated, not even over animated. They were, they were clearly animated because a person with a big costume like that wouldn't have been able to move around like that. But that's also because the nature of the Spartans is that they're supposed to be bigger. They're supposed to be like almost superhuman type. Right. Deal. So you almost, you can't, you're not going to be able to get away with it. There's no way. Um, right. No, I know what you mean. Not, I understand. It's not obnoxiously. Yeah. CGI. I understand CGI when it's necessary. What I don't understand is CGI when it's unnecessary sometimes. Correct. Yeah. yeah. And that's like where those first two Star Wars movies kind of, you know, fell apart for me. Because sometimes there was yeah, CGI it was that wasn't much. necessary. And I back this up because one of the other films I've been showing from my kindergartners is Wizard of Oz, you know. And, of course, Wizard of Oz, first ever color movie, first Technicolor movie, you know, all that. You know, yep. we, all, we all know the story. And, you know, you know the scene, the tornado ends, and she opens the door, and you see Oz in the Munchkin Land for the first time. And of all the things the students have watched, still nothing gets more ooze and Oz than that moment Dorothy yep. opens the door. And I tell them all the time, I was like, you don't need computers for everything, okay? You don't need CGI for everything. It's about art. It's about yep. expression. It's about feeling. And sometimes, as I said, like that's and movies like The Wizard of Oz prove that. Where here we are, eighty-three years later, and little kids from all cultures, all around the world, from all backgrounds, all different sorts of ways of being raised. You know, it doesn't matter because they all unite under something beautiful and creative. And yep. it's just the 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 art of her going from sepia to that. And there's just something to be said about that. And I think sometimes we need to go back to that, like I said. So I'm going to give Halo a shot. Who is there any famous actors in it? Who's in it? Anyone well, I know? Master Chief is being portrayed by Pablo Schreiber. Pablo Schreiber. Why would I know he him? Was, he was the um, obnoxious guard in Orange is the New Black. The I never stash. watched that show. I heard that was a great show. I never watched it, um, though. He is actually the half-brother of Liev Schreiber, hence the last name. Okay. Um, there are, supposedly there's some bigger names coming in future episodes. Um, the original voice of Cortana is revoicing Cortana. Okay. Um, the doctor, the female doctor who's behind the Spartan program, um, depending on certain movies and shows you might have watched, like I watched uh, Designated Survivor with Kiefer Sutherland. Yeah. Jordan that was Blank. her. She was his wife. So okay. I've seen her in a few things. Um, I, I'm interested to see. I, I'm very interested to see. Um, I, again, I, I've waited, what, 20 years to finally have either a movie or a TV show. Is this so, something that Halo fans have been pining for for that long? Yes. Okay. Yes. Okay. Yes. Um, 
and I mean, there's, there's books, there's comic books. Um, there's been like some online web series and stuff like that. So this is the first live action. And it's been, it was one of those things that carrot that's been dangled for years, right? but they could never get the backing. They could never get the, the CG that, because again, coming from a game of that type of nature with extraterrestrial aliens and outer space stuff and things like that, you couldn't go original trilogy Star Wars on it. You had to have right. an even balance somewhere in between the original and the prequels, right? but not so shitty. So I, I think we, are, we were in that prime spot and... Um, I'm I'm very much looking forward to it. I enjoy it. Um, I'm looking forward to. I mean, the, the way they talk about it is that if it gets the reviews that they're hoping for, it's going to be seasons, not like a short-lived series. Right. So there's right. all like and Paramount the flood needs that. and yeah, yeah. Paramount, you know, they're launching a service. You between them and Peacock, they could definitely use a show like Halo to build around. You know, like Netflix and HBO has their yep. shows. Um, and they, they have 1883. They have 1883. I haven't started yeah. 1883 yet. Is it as good as Yellowstone? Better? I don't know yet. I I have, that I have not started watching. No, but... I've only seen the first three seasons in Yellowstone because season oh. four, well, season four doesn't go to Peacock until Monday. Monday, it finally comes on oh, Peacock because oh, oh, I stream oh, everything. Oh. I don't have cable. So the end of season three is fucking crazy. You've seen so, everything, right? So we can yes. talk about this, right? So yes. I haven't seen four, so you can't go into four for me. Um, but three, you know, he gets they all get freaking shot at at the end, and Jamie and and Rip and Jamie, Rip's my fucking hero. Rip and Jamie have their fucking phone call. That really like kind of saved season three, the cliffhanger, because I thought kind of season three was a little no, yeah, not as good as first. It got shaky. a little, dare I say, a little too girly at times, especially yep. as like Rip and uh, as Rip and uh, Beth. Beth develop and. I was like, dude, why didn't make it rip? Stop making Rip soft, dude. Rip's my boy. Like, he is my freaking well, hero. He's why I watched his show. But, but you realize by like the season. I like it, though. Yeah, I, you... well, it got better as the season went on. Because you realize yeah. Rip's not losing his edge. He's just in love with the woman he's well, always loved. The way that the cliffhanger ended on season three, let me tell you, like, the first two episodes. I mean, because it doesn't spoil anything. And it should be pretty much, it goes without saying that whatever shit happened at the end of season three, you know that they're going to be seeking retribution in the beginning oh, of season yeah. four. Yeah. So let me tell you, the first two episodes, they fuck shit up. Yeah, that's what I figured. Fuck shit up. Well, and even like the thing with Jamie when they started doing, because there's the one episode at the end of season two where like the politician goes like, I have your baby. And, and then it almost seems like you don't hear about that again. I don't know if that comes back or not and you don't have to tell me if it does. But like then there's the whole thing, you know, where... I'm, Jamie's Jamie. I'm not your father. I'm like, why are they getting so soap opery with this? Come on, like, I understand. Was like, are they trying to get more women in? But you only get more women in. The show's got a bunch of good looking dudes. Even like Kevin Costner's a good looking like seventy year old dude. You know, I'm like, come on. And then once the season gets to them, I'm like, oh, this is why they brought this storyline in with Jamie. Oh, and he meets his dad for the first time. I'm like, oh, this shit's about to get real. Yeah, that this shit's that... about to get real. That whole scene, the Jamie Jamie does some. I like what they do with Jamie at the end of season three with his character because I felt like he was always like, what, what's Jamie doing? What the fuck's this guy doing? Yeah, now he, he's like, he's like the wormy kid that nobody. Yeah, yeah. 
It, and the only thing, the only thing interesting about him with the, well, was always with him was like, why the fuck does Beth hate him so much? And then you find yeah. out why, and I'm like, oh, yeah. that's why Beth hates him so much. And that's then that in turn made me like Beth more because I didn't like Beth really up to that point. And when my mom watches Yellowstone, she goes, "You're gonna love Beth." And I keep telling like, I don't think I love Beth. She kind of, she's kind of an asshole, and I don't know why. And then they finally, you know, it's like this makes more sense now. And now I find her funny. Yeah, and then uh, I, yeah. They explore the whole storyline with Jamie a lot. Um, yeah. And there's... There's mm, a lot. There's a lot of layers. Do, I can't wait. Yeah. Well, the, a, next time we get together, wild. we're going to we'll reconvene because season, season four drops on Peacock on Monday. And I think all of it does. So I can knock it out probably in a week or so. There we do a round table about Yellowstone because I believe there's a few other people who I watched know it. Jeff's big into Yellowstone. It's one of his like trillion pop culture tattoos i know mm. jeff has like so many pop culture tattoos it's like he's, he's, he's like a freaking uh he's like an advertisement for like multiple shows of the mcu and like all these other things and uh but yeah he he, he i guess he got one recently and i want to say it was like spider-man and the yellowstone logo combined and he was showing yes. it off in a group text and i was like fucking yellowstone just started watching that show as a fucking cowboy shit man <laughs> yeah i saw i saw like that curved bottom and then the y and i'm like ooh, 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 i know ooh, that ooh, one cowboy shit ooh, ooh, ooh. <laughs> so yeah that's i know he's into yellowstone i'm trying matt's never watched yellowstone oh, um matt crazy. likes matt likes yellow jackets his one but i don't have apple tv so i can't watch that me either um i'm not in a rush i don't think bones has ever watched yellowstone Guys, I can't understand how they... Missed. Oh, it's such a good show. And it's one of those shows you can, like, watch with your wife. Yeah. Like, it's not so, just a man show. Funny story. She uh, she came to me the one day, and she's like, I, I started watching this show. I watched, like, three quarters of the episode, but I wasn't really paying attention. But what I did see, I think you might like it. Like, I'm not sure, but I think you might actually like this show. So you got to watch it with me. I'm like, sure, okay, whatever. that's not the not I the guess. greatest review yeah. I've ever heard of a TV show. This is show. how my wife gets me to watch TV shows also. <laughs> and we watched the first episode and I went, holy shit. Like, I think that one of the first scenes is like Beth strips down and walks out and like sits down in the cow trough and like takes a bath. I'm like, what the fuck? fuck are you watching <laughs> continue continue dude beth is a disaster in that first season oh, she, man. she's a train wreck <laughs> train wreck of a human <laughs> oh she gets she gets pretty fucking wild in season four so i yeah you could see it coming too in season three i'm like she's about to go nuts on these motherfuckers yes yeah so yeah i'm, I'm my new favorite show it's it's like it, it's i tell people you know it's another like you know it's it's in that sons of anarchy world but yes. like, you know, a Western ranch, that's Sopranos world where it's organized crime being masked by like normal life. <laughs> Did you, you watch Sons of Anarchy? Oh, hell yeah. I love Sons of Anarchy. Did you watch Mayans MC? I did not watch Mayans. Is Mayans good? Yes. I enjoyed yeah? it. I just didn't, yeah. not that I didn't hear anything bad about it. I just didn't hear anything great about it. You know what I mean? It. I, listen, it, any kind of spinoff series like that is always going to have difficulty living up to the original right. like better call saul spinoff of breaking bad wasn't 
wasn't terrible. It wasn't a bad series. It really like it had some really good stuff, and he was a good character to use for a spinoff. The, the spinoff it was always, it like, always depends on the character, man. Yes, like Saul was a great character to pick, but like at a certain point, you were kind of like, eh, it's kind of weird. Then, um, so there were some ebbs and flows, but they picked some some good actors for Mayans. Okay. Um, and then was it season three? I think they had like a couple couple episode arc where they roped in some of the characters from Sam Crow. And the first guy showed up and I'm like, oh, 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 he's Sam Crow. And that was, I think, at the end of season two. Okay. And then season three was like post pandemic or post 2020. Okay. So obviously a lot of shows got weird post 2020 because they had to like film in and around regulations and restrictions. Right. So things dynamics are a little different, but they just dropped a, uh, a trailer for season four. So I'm going to check it out. It's worth watching. I will say that. Um, okay. I think it's Edward James almost, I think is the, the father. Um, is it on Net- was it Netflix? It, it's on uh, FX. Uh, FX. It might so actually be, you FX, might be able to watch on it on Hulu. I think has the FX deal. Okay. Yeah. I'll yeah, that could very well be. Um, but but not till I watch season four of Yellowstone priorities. Well, yeah, that's obviously just salivating for um, one day. Yeah, there's what? there's some some really good people on it. What channel is Yellowstone normally on? CBS, um, Paramount, NBC? actually. I'm par- but now but now it's moved to Peacock. Yeah, so I didn't understand that because when it was on, it actually airs on Paramount. And I'm like, well, how the hell, like, if it's on yeah, Paramount, I why watch aren't... it on Peacock. I think I can watch Correct. it on Paramount too. I know I you can't. You can watch, watch 18, it on no, 1883. 1883 is on Paramount. 1883 is on there. Yeah. So let's just, in the, the magic of the Google machine, it was why the Google is site. Yellowstone on Peacock? And not Paramount Plus. That was just something to do with money. Yellowstone isn't available to stream on Paramount Plus. Its absence is a confusing quirk stemming from a licensing deal Viacom CBS struck with NBC Universal's Peacock in 2020, more than a year before Paramount Plus launched. There you go. Ah, so it went to Peacock to stream because there was CBS didn't have their stream or Paramount didn't have their streaming. Correct. Okay. Now, is it only streaming, or is CBS show episodes too, like like on like normal TV? Oh no, you can't show that on regular TV. Oh yeah, that's um, right. There's like it's too violent. You're right. Okay. Too violent. Uh, naked people. Well, they don't really they don't really do the nudity anymore. That was only like a season one thing. Yeah, they like snuck in a little bit here and they there. They get some side boob mm-hmm. now and again. Yeah. That's about it now. Um, I'm trying to think. I feel like it recorded once or twice on like cmt or something like <laughs> like in a weird of spot. course like, that shows on cmt <laughs> yeah like we set the we set season four to record on the dvr and it a couple of the episodes recorded from somewhere other than paramount network that's funny like i, I forget what channel it recorded is there a paramount was... network like an actual yes. network oh okay mm-hmm. okay so, yep. once again talking to someone who doesn't have cable correct yeah it's it's 
a lot of movies and and, and shit like dramatic series and stuff like that. And then there's Yellowstone mixed in the group. Fuck yeah. So. All right. Oh man, uh, we've been off about two hours, dude. Yeah, this is just a regular smoking jays episode right here. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I just I like I like I like talking to people, man. Yeah. I just like knowing what's on people's mind. I like having just random people to come in and chat with, tell me where they're at, where they're what they're what they're doing, all that good stuff. Um, you know, and then you know, Bones is you know we all have Bones right now. He's on his little hiatus, grills down in yeah. Florida. So you know, that was, I I thank you for reaching out to me, asking me if I want hey. to do a show. I was happy to do it. Fucking hey, dude. I, there was some good stuff going on. I figured, fuck it, let's go. Got a lot of Let shit. it ride. Yeah, man. Um, we'll have to talk a little more. Uh, we'll have to get together on Pop Sports again soon for uh, yes. closer to the draft. You know it. I'm, or, I'm, as, or as Matt and I like to call it, the most exciting time of the year. <laughs> when we well, when our teams come out to shine, baby. <laughs> that's because you. I was going to say because you guys are Giants and Jets fans, so. Dude, by the way, did you see? What did you think of one more thing before we go? That's to be the last thing. Cause I do want to wrap it up. What did you think of the the videos and Willis's pro day, and how much you think that bumps his stock? It was a good looking pro day. He threw some really nice balls. I noticed no. I noticed no defense. Said. I noticed no defense or anything. But like, right? You could see. I feel like you could see it for real there. Like, yeah, okay, um, there. I'm sure it helped. Um, I, I think there's a lot of teams shuffling things right r- around right now. So it's hard to tell if he's going to get that kind of interest he wants. Because until until all the dust settles right now on the trades, on free agency, on all that, there's too many. This one here, that one going over to there. This one moved over here. This one shifted around. This one, the free agent got picked up at like – until all that dust settles, which I feel like it's going to settle in the next week or two. I, I, I can't imagine how much more big deals are going to go down after, you know. Yeah. Because even the and, Tyreek deal came from out of nowhere, seemingly. Correct. So I feel like at this point, the the dust needs to settle on that. And then the teams are going to, you know, they're going to hit pause on that. They're going to refocus and look towards the draft. So at that point, you'll get a better idea of, okay, is he going to, be worth anything or is he going to be a footnote right so and and everybody should be done shuffling around draft picks that's the other thing right so well, what then, team has the most draft stock in 2022 where the picks land what are their needs right. plus you're gonna have teams trading up and down so i i, I know that was a long way to well, as long as there's always teams to dance with, you know. Like last year, I remember we were talking about how come some teams aren't trading. I'm like, they just might not trade partners. There might not be people interested. It takes two to tango, yeah. you know. People get excited with draft trades sometimes, and they forget that it takes two to tango, you know. Correct. And not every team wants to give a haul away to move up in the draft and sacrifice their drafts for one guy. I think it's becoming less and less, you know, popular. Well, that's bullshit. It only really people only really do it seemingly for like. Like I'm surprised how much of a haul the Chiefs got back for Tyreek because he's not a quarterback. I'm not. I mean, but once again, why? Like, like I think Scantling's going to go in there and just have have a. I think they have a monster season this year. You know why? Because he's got Patrick Mahomes as his fucking quarterback. He's tra- bing, Travis Kelsey running under Travis Kelsey running underneath. He's got just yeah, like 
Like, I'm not, I don't know, man. I just for a wide receiver, I don't get it. I thought a lot of the quarterback trade, I thought the Wilson trade was fair. I know Matt was saying that he was shocked they didn't get a third first rounder, but I don't think you're getting a third first rounder for a, a quarterback in his mid 30s. I think I think somebody's yeah. got age. Has, I mean, you're you're trading Russell Wilson for like three to five years of service, not five to ten years of service, like the Browns did for Deshaun Watson. You know, yeah, you know the Browns. I mean, you know, in a normal Deshaun Watson's in a, in a not in his legal situation, I think that's a good. I think I thought that was a great trade for Deshaun Watson. Like he's definitely worth three. For, I think a, he's one of the best quarterbacks in the league. There's no doubt it's about gonna it. Be, it's going to be, is he going to play with the monkey on his back all year, or is he going to be able to clear himself? And I think the NFL is going to hit him with something. He's going to definitely yeah. get suspended. For, I'm thinking like somewhere between five and seven games they're going to probably hit him with. I could see you that. Because the, uh, the, more, the more and more you know, it just seems to go on, the less likely it seems like he's ever going to go to trial for these things. Yeah. You know, just And that's just, you know. I don't even want to get into the weeds of whether what he did or mm-hmm. didn't do because I don't know enough about the situation there. But, like, you know, trading for him, you're trading for seven, you're looking for seven to ten years of production out of him. So I think that's definitely worth three first-round picks. Whereas yep. Russ, like, you know. And also, like, you know, the Broncos also sent a quarterback back. Not a good one, but a quarterback back. They sent a plug-and-play starter at tight end back with Noah Font. Um, I don't know. Is that defensive lineman they sent to them also? Does he play a lot? I would think so. Uh, I don't think so. No, it wasn't anybody who I said, Oh, Oh, him. him? Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So like, you know, but for a 34 year old quarterback, I think getting two first round picks back is, you know, sometimes I, I, you know, people look at like, well, look what the Panthers got for Darnold last year and they couldn't get more for Wilson. I'm like, that was a bad trade. Like that wasn't a good trade by the Panthers. It was like it wasn't like like sometimes like teams just make shitty trades, you know that's just what it comes down to. So, yeah. anyways, um, let's wrap it up, man. It's yeah. always good talking to you, Jared. Um, everybody go listen, to, go listen to Smoking Jays, uh, one of our fine shows here on the uh, Fourth Wall Pop Network. And uh, this was Pop Culture Collective. Uh, nice to be back, and we'll talk to you soon. I'm Dan. Have a nice one. And that's all the time we have for today, folks. Thank you so much for tuning in to the Pop Culture Collective, found exclusively right here on the Fourth Wall Pop Network. Check out the many ways to show your support by first going to the network's link tree found in the bio of this episode, and then follow the PCC on all social media at PC Collective Pod. On behalf of the bald and the beautiful, Mr. John Grill, and the tall, dark, and handsome, Doc Haas, this is the Pop Culture Collective, and we'll see you next week.